0: and welcome to i take bravo very seriously with your host diana mandel um i'm sorry for the late pod today i have been sick for the past few days um i've been super dehydrated i was in the hospital getting an iv Um, So I missed watching Vanderpump on Tuesday night and had to watch it a couple times yesterday Still wasn't feeling well yesterday, haven't been sleeping, feel like shit So um, it's been hard to get you this pod but I wanted to get it to you I wanted to make sure to get it to you today because I am a very timely person And when I say I'm gonna get out an episode on Thursday... I'm gonna get out an episode on Thursday. Um, That being said, today's episode will again mostly be VPR content just because there's so much going on. I'm gonna start all the episodes now with news of the week as opposed to ending them with news of the week because news is like more pertinent than the recaps, I think. So I'm definitely going to start with that today, which is a little VPR content plus some other news of the week going on in the Bravo sphere. including more information about the James Kennedy stuff, which I will always now include as part of News of the Week, um, but I will say another trigger warning for this episode because there will be discussions of um, abuse. So let's get into the episode.
1: I take Sketch Comedy very seriously, so it offends me when people just think that they can just
0: do it. Okay, so first up in news of the week is Larsa and Marcus. They have been fucking with us since Super Bowl Sunday. So on Super Bowl Sunday, um, Larsa posts this poll asking whether people think that her friends or do you think your friends should unfollow your ex? And then it showed that she was no, follow, no longer following Marcus, um, but Marcus was still following her. So, he may not have been aware of the situation. And, but I, Larsa being petty, this is how she gets it out on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, But I'm here for it. And then um, Marcus, I guess, eventually noticed, um, unfollowed Larsa, and then posted a couple of pictures of him and his father uh, watching the Super Bowl on a very, very small TV. So, that was interesting. Um, And then she was posting some like cryptic quotes and stuff like that. And then on Valentine's Day. So, like, so many people ended up doing podcasts about like the breakup and, and the speculation and all this stuff and literally like two days later on valentine's day they they were seen together um buying flowers and they are now refollowing each other on instagram so i'm not even sure how much news this is i mean i could have talked about this for half an hour before finding out that they were back together so that's random um I'm curious as to what he did, um, because it was super short-lived, this breakup, but she felt like she needed to share it with the entire public, and you would think that that would be pretty embarrassing to him, and that he wouldn't just get back together with her right away, but what's he in this for? (laughs) Like, I'm very curious about this relationship. It is super odd. Um, In Real Housewives of Atlanta news, um, I didn't get into any of that last week because all the news of the week last week was vpr but as you guys all i'm sure have already heard candy is leaving um she was on the show for 14 years which is such an amazing run but um she said that you know they sat on things a little bit too long and um she's booked and busy right (laughs) like candy's got a lot going on but you know she has such a great relationship with bravo and with andy and a pause is not a bad thing right like There's no, there's nothing wrong with coming back at a later time when it's better for you. And that means that left room for Portia Williams is coming back. I'm really excited for this um this should be pretty fun i I just love her energy i kind of miss her um it was fun seeing her on stars on mars because yeah i just like miss her energy so i think it'll be fun people have also been talking about phaedra coming back because she's like really killing it on the traitors and people are really loving her but she like just started married to medicine so that would be kind of strange but it's also strange that she's even on married to medicine because whoever it is that she's dating who i don't think she's even dating anymore is was a doctor but couldn't show him on the show so i don't really understand the point of her on the show but it's also like another show about like successful women in atlanta right so it's it's very similar to real housewives of atlanta i mean that being said i've actually never seen Mary to medicine so maybe i should shut up because i don't know what i'm talking about but i mean i loved her on atlanta i'd love to have her back it would just be sort of odd but i do believe i saw online that she said that she was having conversations with them so who who knows i you know, we were, we were sort of down and out there for a while with Real Housewives of Atlanta, figuring out how we were going to fix things and make things better. And I don't know, this, this might be the small shakeup that we need. I hope so. Like, I want to get excited about it again. Potomac has been sucking. And, you know, I just want to be excited about another franchise that has not started filming yet. So I'm going to be hopeful. Um, other news, which is also a smidge old, but I didn't mention it last week, is that Tom Sandoval has a new girlfriend, her name is Victoria Lee Robinson, she is a model, she used to be linked to, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, so has everyone. <clears throat> um, good for him, I guess, uh, not good for her, I don't know if she's ever seen this show. Um, a lot of people think this is, like, a PR thing, a lot of, like, Instagram models, influencers, like will date somebody like bigger in the public just to sort of make themselves come up a little bit. I mean, who really knows? But it's it's sort of wild to think about the fact that Scandaval is like less than a year. I mean, almost a year, but less than a year. And both Tom and Ariana are in like relationships, good relationships. So there you go. All right. Um, let's get into the James Kennedy of it all. I'm not going to recap everything that we know like I have for the past few episodes because I feel like that can get a bit redundant and hopefully you guys can just go back and listen to episodes five, seven, and eight, um, if you want all the dirty deets, uh, from the beginning about James Kennedy. Um, but I just want to go over some of the newer things that we have that I haven't discussed on the pod, but I have been putting them on Instagram. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys are aware of it. So one of the things that we had was a, um, tweet from Logan. So this is old, but, um, someone sent this to me and, i couldn't see like the date of it but sorry this is yeah an instagram post from a logan so it says more logan no no h more uh mourning the loss of my friendship with james after he has proven himself to be gross and terrible human being he treats people like they are trash and physically assaults anyone that stands in his way after he broke my nose tonight over nothing i've decided to end my friendship with him for good so then later on he ended up deleting this um And saying it wasn't true. But, like, here's the problem with this group. I mean, Logan has lied before about, like, hooking up with James. I mean, like, allegedly. So, everyone in this group has told so many lies. So, it's so hard now that we're getting these allegations to necessarily take all of them seriously. I mean, I am taking them all seriously, but it's hard in terms of their credibility, is what I mean, because each of these people are really not credible due to lies that they told in the past. And that's what's making this situation so unfortunate it's that we have so much information now and so many allegations concerns things that I've pulled up out of the dark depths of the internet but I mean the comments that I'm sort of seeing online from people are like well that person's a lawyer why should we trust anything that person says and like I get it you guys I get it but when it comes to this kind of thing you know it's 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 just there's just too much here for it not to be true you know um, then there was a Kate from, or a tweet from Katie from December 24th, 2018. Um, just let me find that for you. So she said, I know the truth. Say what you want. Hashtag abuse, hashtag consent. And then somebody responded to actual survivors of abuse and rape. You are being extremely disrespectful. You're opportunistic, ignorant and white girl bullshit. Faux feminism is fucking insufferable. And then Katie responded, maybe I'm standing up for those abused who are scared to come forward. All I can say is there's much more going on here. So this tweet, I just checked the date. So like I said, December 24th, 2018, this was right after the episode of season seven aired where, um, Katie had given an ultimatum to Lisa about it being her James in terms of who gets to continue to work at Sir, because she didn't want, want to work in an environment where people could be treated badly. And that was because he had called her fat at pride. Um, but this tweet, I mean, is way more in depth than that. I mean, even just to hashtag abuse and to hashtag consent to me means you're talking about abuse and you're talking about consent to me. Like you're talking about like physical and sexual abuse and for it to come out right after that episode. I mean, that's absolutely terrifying. But then um, I found a podcast that Kristen did with her best friend rachel o'brien um it was called been here for a while it was rachel o'brien's podcast um and i'm just gonna play this clip for you this is um Kristen talking about the season seven reunion and what was cut out of it
2: give a major shout out to our princess bride to be britney cartwright mm-hmm. for being the only friend of mine the only person on that panel that stood up for me mm-hmm. The in, entire reunion. In what regard? Um, against James Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Because that, that was the battle I knew I was going to have to fight. It wasn't something I was looking forward to because James Kennedy, I don't even like saying his name, mm-hmm. JK, is no longer a part of my life or mm-hmm. our lives at all. But it was obviously something that we did film. So did you end up revealing like what it is that you really are pissed about? Or um, I did. I did reveal that it did not air. And I'm grateful for that because mm-hmm. I just don't think it's something, unless I'm going to be stood up for by by everyone on the panel every mm-hmm. one of my friends that knows the truth i'd stand up for you I'm, of, co- of course I was there. you know. you were literally there firsthand mm-hmm. yeah so we so they kind of skated past it which i was actually grateful for mm-hmm. because unless it was going to go the way i wanted it to go i didn't want it to air at all yeah i could see that and and
0: what's the point what's the point what in is this the point, point if,
2: yeah. if he's still on the show you know no so and I, it's just been I, so
0: long and right. perhaps it's more well mostly for if he's just like still just on forgive. the show
2: if he's going to be around then what's the point in discussing something that won't
0: okay so i found that super concerning in terms of cutting information out of the reunion, that is something we've heard about before. Like I've heard about this, Kristen talking about her issues with James and it being cut out of a reunion. I, if I, I may be mistaken, and I need to look into this a little more. But I remember when Tom um, was yelling at production in that extra episode they filmed for season 10, um, after all about, um, cutting out the part where Rachel allegedly said to him, why did you record me without my consent? Um, I remember listening, I think it was the Reality Bites podcast, which I love. Um, those ladies who are, or used to be executive producers and so have a lot of inside knowledge into how reality TV works said that you actually can't air stuff like that. Like you can't air information about like a crime. Of course they would have given Rachel information about, what she could do like whether she wanted to press charges and that kind of thing but I think they actually can't air it so I'm actually curious if that was the reason why whatever Kristen said was cut out of the reunion it's crazy to think because I've never heard this clip before from Rachel O'Brien's podcast and she's so clearly saying like or in my opinion, the way... uh, Sorry, maybe not so clearly, but the way I'm interpreting it, especially because we know that Kristen has made allegations of physical abuse um, against James before, um, that that's what she fully discussed, laid it all out there. But to the best of my recollection, maybe... I think she may have been on the outs with Carter at that time, and so she was maybe on the outs with like the rest of her friends at the time of the reunion. I'd have to go back to watch that part of the reunion. But if that was the case, and I think that it is... Then I think that's what she means when she's saying that there was no point in having it there unless all of my friends were on my side, which is so interesting because I was reading you that key- that tweet from Katie from right before, but the reunion would have filmed um, several months later, um, especially after the season had uh, finished airing. And it's really sad to hear that Kristen did not have all of her friends on her side, so therefore she didn't even want it released because that sounds like your friends aren't believing you about what happened, right? And again, I'll bring this up again from Kristen's book where she says something about how she used to sort of downplay it sometimes. And she would do the same thing with Carter, not in terms of abuse, of course, but like she would talk about problems with him and then she'd be like, no, now he's he's carrying his weight and now he's paying for things and now it's great. So she would downplay things when things were a bit better. Um, and then friends would get confused about like what is, what is really going on, you know? Um, so... It's, it's upsetting that, that this was cut out of the reunion because I feel like it would have been the first time that we actually got some real um, concrete information about what he did. But it's also crazy to me that there's the whole cast on, on set, there's production crew, there's all these people. There's probably a hundred people in that room who know what Kristen said, you know, and it's just been kept under wraps. <sighs> and then I got, um, I want to shout out not really, because I think this was sent to me from a Finsta, but a fan um, of the pod, thank you so much, sent me this um, Reddit thread that she found, because she did like this deep dive on the concerns about James Kennedy, and she found this really interesting one. Um, I think she sent it from a Finsta, that's why I won't call out her name, but thank you so much, she knows who she is. Um, So this was from like Years ago, but it says, My roommate was essayed by James Kennedy years ago, but after he dated Kristen. She met him at Sir and he went home with her. When she didn't want to have sex, he got very angry and forcibly ejaculated on her while berating her for wasting his time because I could have gone home with anyone. Then he got dressed and left in a tizzy. So, I mean, these concerns just keep coming out. And I know you guys think it's just physical abuse, but that's an example of somebody who's claiming sexual abuse. And there are actually some other allegations of sexual abuse um, that I can't speak of because the victims are not willing to come forward. But right now we have allegations of physical and sexual abuse. And these are extremely concerning. Not only do we not want this man on the show, but like he should be in jail and there should be a real investigation being done. So as I said, my understanding is that there is an investigation being done I also have the understanding that more information will be coming out soon from a very reputable source, and I'm really hopeful for that. And I'm, I'm just so thankful to you guys, too, for really just listening. I know that it's been hard to hear the stuff that I've been putting out online. I know a lot of it is um, allegations, and it's vague, and it could be triggering to some people, or it could be maybe just seeming misleading and... and um, maybe even dangerous to make these sorts of allegations against someone. But the re I mean, the everything that I'm pulling is information that has been on the internet for a long time. None of this information is new. It's just new to us in terms of hearing it for the first time, but it's been in the underbelly of the internet for many years. And the reason I'm putting it out there is to get people to listen and to get people to start thinking about this because Like I said before, until you have victims who are willing to come forward, things really don't progress. And I'm just hoping that the more information I put out there, the more people feel comfortable coming forward. And I also hope that um you know something is done about this because this is not okay. It's it's just not okay. And that's it for news of the week.
2: And that's why you're about the damn pasta. Get over the damn pasta, read between the fing lines.
0: It ain't about the pasta. It's not about the pasta. It's not about the pasta. Okay, so I'm going to get into um, the last couple of episodes of Rachel Goes Rogue. Not very detailed because there wasn't really much in there. Just going to give you a couple of highlights. But I do just want to mention, it seems like she really is going in a different trajectory now with this podcast. Um, I heard from Nick Vile that she got some, like, bad advice from, like, her iHeart producers. I guess they're just trying to figure out, like, what to do with it now. So it seems like what she's doing is, like, picking a point from Vanderpump Rules, like, a sticking point or something people want to know about, and then doing, having, like, a psychologist or some sort of therapist on or some sort of medical professional and getting, like, their clinical interpretation or their clinical opinion. It's interesting, I guess, but it, like, me personally, I just, like, I only like pop culture podcasts, so I really just don't care. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's been a couple points that, that come out that are interesting, but yeah, it seems to be that's where she's heading with it, just to sort of take something from the show, turn it into something about mental health, and then get the mental health uh, practitioner's sort of opinion on it. Um, so she did two episodes, uh, one last week and one just the other day, which is just a really short one. And in the one last week, she talked about... or So she had Pastor Cal on, who is from Married at First Sight. And I really used to love that show. And then the past season was really, really bad. I didn't even bother to watch it. I heard it was horrifying. But I really, really do like Pastor Cal. So I actually didn't mind this episode. And I thought it was really interesting. And Pastor Cal was talking about therapy. And he said that he's a big fan of therapy. He said that... Um, He believes everyone should go to therapy and find out what it is that keeps attracting them to the same kind of person. So generally, it's always going back, and that's something that people do often. He says that you'll create a standard of what you felt you love was or a standard of what you felt you deserved. Um, And Rachel says, like, yeah, so she sort of felt like her parents did the best they could because she had a younger sibling who had a lot of behavioral issues. And taking a step back and looking at that dynamic, she says there's a lot of similarities between James and her younger sibling. So I thought that that was really interesting to hear because she's always talking about what a patient person she is, and she also talks to Pastor Cal about um, how her empathy can then be taken advantage of as well. So I I actually found a clip um, from Raquel on a podcast, um, Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, from... I think it was 2020. It was before season nine started filming and they weren't sure when they were coming back or if they were coming back. And I'm not going to play that clip for this part now. I'll play it in a second uh, regarding something else. Um, But that's where she was actually describing that her brother um, was actually born a girl and um, transitioned to a male named Sam. And um, that I did not know. And I just think what she's saying here about behavioral issues, and the behavioral issues could have been, I mean, we don't know, but I'm assuming just like, literally just being in the wrong body and being in the wrong gender for so many years of your life could obviously lead you to um, have behavioral issues. But it's so interesting that she links that to James. And I didn't know that her brother had behavioral issues because that totally makes sense in terms of why she was so patient with him and why she put up with so much. And even with Tom, I mean, there were so many things he did to her within that seven-month period and beyond that she continued to put up with. And that's why I'm so glad that she did end up going away because having that distance was able to separate her brain from being tied into somebody who was manipulating her. Um, Now, she also talked about a letter that Tom sent her. And I'm just actually going to play you that clip now because it is horrifying.
1: I got to reading the letter and then I started feeling sick to my stomach because the letter was so insulting to me Mm -hmm. and the work that I was doing at this treatment facility. He -hmm. was basically saying, in all the years that I've known you, I've never seen you so dependent on a place. And he was trying to convince me to leave the meadows and come back to him. And I knew that that wasn't right for me for various reasons, but one of them I expressed to him, like, I, you know, like I don't think that I'm, gosh, this is heavy. Um, I don't think I'm safe to myself if I leave right now at this point. And hmm. he try to convince me to leave anyway
0: wow I mean Tom really just continues to get worse and worse and I know people were sort of annoyed that Rachel was going to be like sort of recapping the season and like sort of what the hell you said you didn't want to be on it but now you're recapping it and you might as well have just gone back in terms of going back I mean like obviously she couldn't if she did not want to be with Tom um she wouldn't have been able to separate herself from him. But I actually don't hate that she's doing this because so much of the season is about her and I kind of want to get her response to it. So it's, it's, I mean, it's so funny because we're going to be recapping Vanderpump Rules in a few minutes. And like, as you'll know, and as we'll talk about, like you'll see scenes of Tom talking about how much he misses her and how much he loves her and how much he's done for her. And then, you know, she's complimenting it with, with this information where she literally told him she did not feel safe to herself to leave and he tried to convince her to leave anyway. He made her feel selfish. He made her feel like she was doing the wrong thing. And that, like, just all the number of things that he has done to her during this period of time while she was in there are just, like, abhorrent. Like, I, I honestly just can't believe it. Then Rachel does another episode, um yesterday, today, Um, just a quick 10-minuter just wanting to talk about this whole concept of her and Ariana being best friends, which she feels like she's talked about, but it keeps sort of coming up. So she said that when people use best friend to define her and Ariana's friendship, she gets defensive because she did not consider herself best friends, and she didn't think that Ariana did either. Um, But she says that she understands that the level of friendship doesn't determine how bad the action is. Um, She acknowledges Ariana might have viewed her that way, but she, her definition of someone who's, like, a best friend would be someone that she talks to on the phone and provides details of her personal life. Um, and she feels like this whole, like, best friend thing is what made it seem like the ultimate betrayal, which is true. I mean, like, how we as the public kept defining this as different was, like, I wasn't your best friend, ho, right? Like, it was the whole concept of, like, they were best friends. Um, so... It definitely did make a difference. And now she's consistently saying, like, you know, that wasn't the case. Then she goes on to say that, yes, she knew that Tom and Ariana were in a relationship and she is sorry for crossing that boundary and wants to take accountability. Um, But Lala saying that what she did isn't the same is an excuse because um, her saying that they weren't friends because Ariana and her were friends. Um, So what she's saying basically is, is, like, what Lala did was, was just as bad because, like neither, none of them were friends, um, she said that she enjoyed hanging out with both of them, like, Tom and Ariana, and that's why it got so messy, um, And in terms of all the reasons she didn't want to go back, I mean, I brought this up as well, where she had given, like, multiple reasons for not wanting to go back to the show, I'm like, what's up with that? And so she clears that up as well. She's like, I had many reasons, and when you make life decisions, you weigh pros and cons, and you can have multiple reasons. Um, She said that there was no amount of money that would risk her mental health, and it would have been toxic to go back into that environment and further herself from reality. And I think it's really funny that she made that that last comment, further herself from reality, because I still think that she's not living in reality. Whenever she talks about this show and the people on it, she keeps talking about it like it's it's not real life, and she talks about her life like it's not real life. And so, yes, I definitely think it would have pushed her back into that sense of like this fantasy that she was living in. Now, this being said, and I really don't want to come for her any harder, just given like all the James Kennedy stuff, and and just I, I'm just starting to feel for her a lot more these days. Um, but that being said, I, I just do want to play you guys this clip from Everything Iconic um, with Danny Pellegrino. And like I said, this is from the pandemic. And, and it just, I'm sorry, Rachel, but this really contradicts what you just said. Heather, who are you closest with in the cast right now? Um, I'm closest with
1: Ariana, with Sheena, with Danica. I would say those are my three mains right now.
0: So, I mean, Rachel, like, you know, this part gets really confusing. And, you know, this whole concept of best friends just sort of keeps coming up. I mean, even on the last episode of Vanderpump Rules in the after show, Tom was talking about his friendship with James and saying, like, well, I was only seeing him, like, once a month. I, I mean, everyone's, and it's something that's come up in my life recently too. Like, what is this, what is the definition of a best friend? And I think it's different to everybody is the thing, because quite honestly, I mean, Tom is 40 and 42, whatever. He doesn't have kids, but just, to see your friends once a month in your forties when you've got a lot going on that, I think that's completely reasonable. Like my friends who are like married with kids, seeing them once a month would be like a lot, you know? (laughs) Um, again, he doesn't, he's not married and no kids, but like, I, I don't think seeing your like having a best friend that you see once a month is not a lot. I think seeing them once a month is actually quite a bit, especially when you're older and you have a lot of stuff going on. Um, But I guess to each their own, right? But James has made it very clear that he did see him that way. And Tom is saying now that he didn't. And, And we're sort of seeing the same with Ariana and Raquel, where Ariana's saying like, yeah, I felt like we were best friends. And Raquel's saying, no, I didn't, right? And... One I, I do want to bring up one point on this when it comes to raquel and Tom because this whole best friend thing never got debunked or refuted until raquel did the Bethany interview. So not at the reunion, not in the last five minutes, not in the final episode, not in any other context did she say, no, we weren't actually best friends, so it's actually the same at the reunion, she didn't say a word about it um. And you think that Tom would too. I mean, he was screaming at everybody else that we weren't friends. I mean, he was screaming at Sheena, we weren't that close, this, this, and that. So if they weren't best friends, and he was the one in a relationship with Ariana and and Andregal, so he would have known their friendship the most. And if they weren't best friends, you'd think he would have screamed out at the reunion that they weren't weren't best friends. Um, So I just don't know about that whole part. Obviously, they're not best friends now. But again, as she said, it doesn't really make a difference in terms of the action and the accountability she should take no i think it does right i mean if you're doing it to a complete stranger as opposed to your best friend it does make a difference and i think that is one of the reasons why Scandival was so electric right but I-, I guess we're just never gonna get an answer there on like their level of friendship because they both seem to have a different definition um okay so that is it for rachel goes rogue he's a f- battered wife look at him Okay, let's get into our VPR recap. Um, so this was a very dark episode. Um, there was a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, and and it was definitely um, sort of oh, just sort of difficult to to wrap your head around because it's like, I mean, kind of the theme of the episode is Tom's deep depression and his suicidal ideation. At the same time, we hate Tom and he's not taking accountability, so it was a frustrating episode, but. Um, Basically, it starts with, it's still Tom's birthday party, and James has just left, and Sandoval tells Schwartz his conversation with James, and Sandoval's saying that James was like, are you sorry, man, for the ultimate betrayal? And Schwartz is like, you should have just said yes. And Sandoval's like, yeah, but when he did that shit with Kristen, it was like, the same, but like, even worse. Okay, how was it the same but worse? They were both your exes. Actually, what you did was worse, because James and Raquel were actually engaged. They had a much more defined relationship. You and Kristen were cheating on each other for years. Regardless, it's at least the same, but definitely not worse. Um, and Schwartz is like, okay, like, you should have just said yes. And like, in future, if you get upset every time somebody comes at you, it's going to have a negative effect on your life. So this is the first of many times we're going to see in this episode of Tom getting the advice of just sucking it up and saying, I'm sorry. And, like, everyone is giving him this advice. Okay, anyways, we'll get to that later. I'm just, like, really, like, jazzed and, like, annoyed about it. Um, so then we're back to Emo Night. Um, in terms of the James Kennedy stuff and the Jamie stuff, I, you know, was keeping an eye out her on her for the season or for the episode. I saw her talking to Kale and I saw her talking to one other girl that I didn't know. Nothing seemed to really stand out. Um, Kristen, Meredith, and some other people posted, um, some videos of their time that night, because it's funny how, like, there ends up being actually so many other people there from, like, the friend groups, but we never actually get to see them. Like, if you think about even, like, Sheena's wedding last year, like, Jax, Brittany, Kristen, Luke, all of them were there, but we never got to see them on camera, but they were all fully there. Um, so we're back at Emo Night, James and Allie get there, and they tell Ariana that they were just at her house, um, and Sheena's saying, like, it's interesting that... Tom invited James to his birthday when James just a few months ago was telling people to throw tomatoes at him, but Sheena's still blocked. And I just don't know why Sheena keeps sort of bringing this up because, like, why do you want to be unblocked? Why do you care? Um, like, again, like, like I said in the last episode, I sort of thought that we were going into this season of being anti Tom. Like, why is she hurt that he hasn't unblocked her first? Like, I thought you weren't going to be talking to him, Sheena. I thought you were Team Ariana. Anyway, um, No one around him gives him any honest feedback. And then you just have flashes to everyone, Tom telling everyone at the party that, like, who are just agreeing with him about James. So he's like telling Billy, he's telling this person, he slept with Kristen on my bed with my condoms. He had to wipe his dick off with one of my shirts. And he's telling all these people this. And they're all like, wow, yeah, yeah. And honestly, these people are just yes men for Tom. They're literally Tom Sandoval and the paid extras. And I want to credit the creator who came up with that. And I totally forget, but it was so funny and so true. He literally is paying these people to be his friends. Um, So then we're back at Emo Night. We've got Ariana, Sheena, and Katie DJing, which is super fun. Um, And James says he wouldn't be caught dead pressing play on a pre-recorded set. I was confused as to what exactly their DJing was, but I guess they come up with a set and then they just press play and then they dance around it. Um, I don't know what a real DJ does. (laughs) I just really don't know. So Schwartz ends up leaving um, Sandoval's party and going to Emo Night and he's like telling the camera like he just doesn't have the history with the others that he has with tom and you don't come by friendships like that often in life and he doesn't know if he wants to give up on it and you can see how much he's struggling here like i actually thought this wouldn't be happening, like from what we saw, and I just want to mention this because a lot of cre- other creators have in their podcasts and stuff. <clears> the <throat> season has been sort of interesting/slash difficult to watch, given that we sort of feel like we have watched it already, given that we were so invested over the summer as they were filming because we just couldn't get enough. So every outfit, every scene, every everything already looks familiar to me because I was capturing this all throughout the summer for content to put on Instagram, right? So all of this just looks the same, but that's why I felt like, you know, Tom and. Like immediately went back to being friends with Sandoval, but I didn't realize he was really, really struggling with that decision. Um, so then we have Sheena performing Good as Gold with the 27s with her emo screamo version. And I've gotta say, I I kind of prefer the original. jk you guys that's absolutely ridiculous but i just think it's so funny that there are so many versions of this song now she's got her emo screamo version she's got her uber eats version she's got her og version um And, um, then we were back to Sandoval at his party and he's talking about how grateful he is for the people that really stuck around and how they put up with so much hate. And this is really sad. Like, it really shouldn't have affected anybody else, but he was saying that Billy was getting transphobic remarks and Jason was getting threats. And so he just is really thankful for the people who have stayed around for him. And I totally, totally get that. Um, then he's telling Billy that he's hurt, um, that Raquel didn't text him for his birthday. He said it had been a few weeks, um, since he had last spoken to her and he considers her his best friend and loves her and misses her, and he's hurt that she didn't reach out. I, uh, from my understanding, she had stopped talking to him right before they started filming, right before he went to Special Forces. So it's been like, yeah, like a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. I And it was at this point, according to her podcast, that she just decided that she, you know, had to cut ties with him. I don't know why she didn't, have a conversation with him to discuss why she was ending it. And I think if I'm not mistaken, she said in her podcast, her therapist that she did not owe him that. Um, I don't think you owe anyone anything, but I'm just, he, she did sort of leave him in the lurch there and, and you know, because she was at, he was at her beck and call because he couldn't call her. I'm surprised she just didn't send him like even a letter or just some sort of like breakup sort of conversation. Um, then we see Katie going over to Ariana's house the next morning and Tom and Tom are, like, literally in the kitchen and it's, like, poor Anne is cleaning up after Tom's party. Um, the girls get IVs and Katie tells Ariana that she's getting dinner dinner with Sheena later. Um, Ariana said that Sheena doesn't need to be inviting Tom Schwartz to things. And we're starting to see a little bit of Ariana just putting her foot down in terms of who's in the group, right? Um, Ari, or sorry, Sheena, what's her name? Katie, Katie, um, says that her and Sheena are both committed to working on their friendships, and Ariana said that people can sort of get Sheena to feel bad for them, and then they end up using her. And Katie says that that's what makes her nervous. So she just wants to make sure that she's getting that loyal sort of friendship that she needs from Sheena. And one of many good things that came from Scandaval was, was bringing Sheena and Katie back together, right? I mean, they basically had no relationship for the last few seasons, so... And like I've said in other episodes about other things, there's nothing that bonds people together than their mutual hatred for the same person, right? So I mean, this really, and, and, and actually their mutual love of Ariana, right? They've really just banded together. And I love that. I love them coming back together. Um, then we have a scene where Lisa's at pump and she can't believe it's closing and Sandoval shows up there and brings her flowers. Um, so Lisa's telling him that it would be the gentlemanly thing to do in terms of the house to move out and to give Ariana space and then sell it. And he's like, yeah, but, like, one of us can keep it because, like, I put a lot of work into it. <sighs> this house situation. And remember, at this time, Raquel was still at the facility. So he could have been staying at her place for free, I assume, um, and just giving Ariana space. I get that Tom wants to keep the house, but just this period of time, like, there was never a period of time where he actually left left, except for, like, when he went on tour, just to give her that space. The fact that these two are just fighting out so hard for this house, like, it's wild to me. Like, it just, it means, it's, it's symbolic to them in so many different ways. It's symbolic of their relationship. It's symbolic of power over each other. It's, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. It's, it's nuts. Um. So then Tom is talking about how just like this whole thing has been a lot for him. And she's like, you created this. And he's like, I created it, but it's still a lot. And then Lisa's asking him about his friendship with Sheena and if there's anything that could be done there. And he's like, well, she was putting out all these rumors about him and Billy on her podcast. And that was like the same day she had reached out to him about his friend Ali who had died. And then he also talked about the podcast episode that Sheena did with Nima. And he's like, she, he was doing all, talking about all these explicit sexual things about Raquel and Sheena had him on the podcast, and he claimed that Tom um, told Raquel that Tom and Ariana were in an open relationship, but he also said that Raquel was begging to have sex with him on Sheena's bed, and Raquel was really, really upset, and it was so disgusting. I don't really remember that part, and if it was, I think it was just maybe one one quick sentence. I think he was just sort of describing what their relationship was, because they didn't really have one. I think they just had that one date to Hannah Burner's wedding, and then I think they all hung out another time in New York where Sheena was there as well, like, for dinner. Um, maybe this other thing happened. I don't really remember that one thing. But, you know, <sighs> during Scandal, I mean, everybody was just talking about everything. I'm not defending it. Like, if that hurt Raquel and she was really, really upset about it and it really affected her, she has every right to feel that way. Um but to be honest, I was really loving Sheena's podcast during, during all of this. Like I got, I, I actually really came around on Sheena during all of this one, just because of that final conversation she had with Tom and just how much she really, um, displayed true loyalty. And I was just like, yes, Sheena. But also like all the episodes she was putting out over the, pan- or not the pandemic, sorry, over the, um, over the scandal, ball, like she had some pretty, like legit people on who had seen things she had like put- what were their names like patrice and patrick who were like her dress designers who actually saw tom and raquel kiss in in mexico like she had some pretty dirty deets so like i get it but also for us it was pretty good um so then lisa tells tom like everyone else does why don't you just say you're sorry and he's like because they won't believe me they'll say it's crocodile tears and we've heard this crocodile tears thing from him so many times on so many podcasts and then he says to her i've battled with suicidal thoughts and lisa says okay wait a minute i reached out to you and told you like if you ever felt that way to call me because of what happened to my brother and you may recall it was in um vanderpump rules as in addition to real hostess of beverly hills um lisa's brother committed suicide and this was maybe five years back um and so she's, she's very sensitive to that issue. So she wanted to make sure that Tom would, would, you know, call her if he was ever feeling that way. And so she was really, really upset that he didn't. And she, but she says to him in terms of the group, like the only way you can repair these friendships is with contrition. And he just, you know, this is like now, like probably the third person who has told him this and he's still not getting that. So then we see Ariana and Lala go to a candle shop and, um, And then they're talking about James, and Ariana says that James seems better when he's not drinking. And Lala said that, you know, if he needs help, he can come to us, but she can't go to him and be like, do you want to come to a meeting? Or she can't be like, you have to stop drinking. Um, And, you know, you really see how much Lala puts in a box who she was when she was drinking. She says, like, the amount of people she gave her number to when she was fucked up is insane. Um, And that's why I feel like she has such a soft spot for James. But I sort of found this scene bizarre, because why are we talking about James? Usually usually a scene like that would happen after, like, there's a James incident where, like, he yells at somebody or calls somebody fat, and then there's, like, a scene where everybody else is talking about, like, his drinking. But nothing has really happened yet with his drinkings. And at that point, I believe he actually was sober because he told Schwartz that in the first episode. So, and he had said something about he was never going to drink again, which I also find interesting and just want to bring up now because... You're just saying out of the blue, you just feel better about it. And you, like, as if there's no incident, like, to just decide you're never going to drink again and you'd be fine to do that is is just an odd statement to make based on nothing happening. It seems like something must have happened for you to go to that length, right? But I don't think he or Ali are ever going to tell us what that is. Um, so then we see Katie and Sheena meeting for dinner. Sheena apologized for inviting Schwartz to Emo Night and doesn't want Katie to be uncomfortable. And Sheena said that this whole thing has sort of put things in perspective for her and she's starting to understand her boundaries that need to be in place with people that are in her life and that the people that she wants in her life. Um, and I, I like the scene. First of all, I also just think Katie looked so beautiful in this scene. I don't know what it was. Her hair just seemed a little bit more fluffy, I want to say. It just had a little bit more volume and I just thought she looked super beautiful. Um, but I, I do love them coming back together and I think that's going to be really good for the friend group. Then we have a scene of Tom Schwartz going to Vanderpump Dogs with Gordo and Butter to get their grooming. They are so cute, Gordo and Butter. I'm going to bring this up for a quick sec, and I think I'm the only one to say this, and I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I swear to God, a couple of weeks before filming started, Tom Schwartz posted a story on Instagram and said, I got a third dog. I'm so excited. Blah, blah, blah then we never see a picture of the dog and we never hear of this dog again. And I want to know what happened with the dog. Does anyone else remember that? And I've tried to message people about it. No one's responded. But I swear to God, he got a dog. But anyways, not anymore. Um, So he stays to talk to Lisa and he's saying that his brother Bert, he thinks he has cirrhosis and that he has gotten him back into rehab. He said that it's his third time he's been there. And this is all because years ago he had gotten jumped outside of a bar and he slowly became dependent on alcohol and was never the same. And that is just so sad. I mean, you know, I'm going to be flip-floppy on Schwartz a little bit as well because we do have to remember how much he was going through at the time, right? So he had this issue with his brother, and then I think he had another brother who had cancer, and then I think his father had cancer, and his parents got divorced, and there was just so much going on in his life. I'm not sure how much responsibility was on him to tell Ariana what was going on or to force Sandoval to do something. However, that being said, we still now know that he knew the entire time, and was saying all this weird shit on camera, for whatever reason. Like, saying, like, oh, Raquel likes men that are taken in front of Ariana, right? Like, all that shit was really, really weird. So it's, it's sort of hard to defend him. But where we are in this friend group, I mean, I hate even calling it a friend group, because it, we're not there anymore, right? There's a few of these girls who are friends, and that's about it. This It was a different time when you guys were in your 20s and 30s, but you guys do not all hang out together anymore, and you never will because the core couples have broken up. So, this is just frustrating. But, you know, how are we going to continue this season unless, unless we all come together? So, Lisa tells Tom, or Schwartz, that sandoval told her that he had some dark thoughts and schwartz said that he actually didn't know that until recently when he found that out through other people and lisa said that it scared the shit out of her because it can suddenly become too late she said that her brother had actually made a comment like that to her and then all of a sudden he was gone right then she starts talking about how um they're opening a new restaurant called wolf in lake Ta- uh, in lake tahoe and she encouraged tom to come and invite everyone else to sort of bridge the gap so then we see everyone going to serve see you next Tuesday. And Schwartz goes over and joins uh, the group. And Lola's like, did you just show up or were you invited? This <laughs> is so badass because let's really call out where we are, right? This isn't a friend group because Tom is, isn't in it and the other Tom isn't in it. And it's it's just bizarre at this point. So Tom is talking about how he is curious um, in dabbling in sobriety and he's calling it sober curious. And Allie is also saying that she's sober curious. I don't really know what that means. I mean, if you're just not drinking today, that doesn't mean you're sober. If you drink tomorrow, it doesn't mean you're an alcoholic. But if you don't drink every day, that doesn't mean you're, I don't know. Like, sober curious, I mean, just don't drink every day. And that's, sober curious just sounds like a regular person. A person who drinks sometimes, but not all the time, right? (laughs) Isn't that just what that would mean? Um, So Schwartz invites the group to Tahoe. And the group is sort of like, Tom, like, why, why are you inviting us? And is like, I don't want to be around you or my ex. And Lala's like, yeah, like, Schwartz, like, after the way Sandoval treated you, like, what makes you feel like you need to stand by his side? And Schwartz is like, we have this just beautiful friendship. It's just strained right now. And Lala's like, he will devastate you. And is like, you know what? I gave up on you a long time ago, and I'm better for it. And that Schwartz just, you can see that this resentment towards her has sort of been building up in him for a while. I don't know if it's because... He feels that no one is going to listen to him until she does or because he feels like he was sort of pushed into this affair somehow as he was a part of it. But then he has the, the gall, the audacity to say to her, you're not the queen of the group and your ego is a little bit much. And whoa, man, whoa. And no one else in the group says anything. But, like, Katie's like, yeah, she can speak for us because we all have the same opinion. And at this point in time, they do all have the same opinion, right? They all hate Tom. They all don't want to be around him. And like I said, that's what bonds people, right? Then there's, like, this quick scene. I'm not going to get into it too much. But Tom Sandoval's having dinner with Kyle Chan. And that's why I'm so curious about um, the layout of Sir. Because you've got Ariana and Sandoval both in this restaurant, not crossing paths. But I heard it's actually not that big of a restaurant. So I'm so curious how especially with all the the fandom that was going on at the time, all the people that were lined up outside and were throughout the restaurant taking pictures and that kind of thing, how they were actually able to keep separated because I heard, as I said, the restaurant is not very big. Um, but yeah, he's having dinner with Kyle Chan at sir and then Jesse Montana comes up and who I cannot believe is still a sir server and he just sort of comes at him and is just like, you know, what you did was really fucked up and you really put me in an uncomfortable position. You did all these terrible things. Um... And Tom apologizes to him and they hug and it's, it's really, it's really sweet. But what was interesting about this moment is in the after show, um, Ariana's asked about whether they still have any mutual friends. And she said, no, like Billy Lee was sort of that only one, but she's gone. But in last episode, we see Jesse hugging Ariana and and hanging out with her. And then in this episode we see Tom and and Jesse making up. So there may still be some, some mutual friends. I also believe, I mean, Ariana went to Kyle Chan's Finale party, right? That was his party for his line or something going on with him. um I mean, for the finale of season 11, that in San Diego, that was for Kyle Chan. That being said, it's also for production and for the show, and she sort of has to go. But I am curious what her relationship is with Kyle Chan right now. um So, as this conversation is going on, Sheena's walking to the bathroom, and Sandoval stops her and asks her to talk. So they both go outside, and he starts trying to compliment her outfit. It's sort of like he's trying to butter her up. He's like, oh, you look like Y2K Britney. Is that the look you're going for? Yes, I totally knew that's what you were doing, dude. Totally. Sorry, that's my tongue. And um, you can see he's just, like, trying to be on the same level with her, but she's being very, like, stone cold. Um, Sheena said that she didn't expect to get blocked by him, and especially when she had reached out about his friend Ali who had died. And Sandoval says, like, he wasn't having a good day that day, and he didn't think she was being genuine. And Sheena says, like, you know, if you were just honest and remorseful from the beginning, like, things would have been different. And she's like, un- instead, you just keep, like, doubling down when you could have just been remorseful. And he's like, I, I did apologize to you. I apologized to you at your house. And he's referring to um, that final scene of the final episode of season 10, um, where, you know, he comes to her house and she just berates him for what he's done. Um He also mentions that Ariana has been less proactively vindictive to him than everyone else, which he found, finds, like, weird but interesting and and good because, you know, she's the one he actually did this to. And it's so true. You know what this is? It reminds me of literally the scene in Mean Girls where Regina George is just standing there while she had put all those, like, um like, letters under everyone's doors and everything about the burn book and everybody starts, like, running wild throughout the halls and going crazy and she's just standing there watching. That's what this is. That's what Scandaball felt like, right? Ariana didn't really say anything or do anything. The world went wild on her behalf. And she just stood there and let... You know, just let it it happen. She just watched, right? She just stood there and watched. Um, Then he's saying that the podcast was too much, um, like, always talking about him on the podcast. And she's like, listen, you need to humble yourself and stop using, like... Uh, Schwartz and and Raquel in your lyrics, right? And it's so true because like he'll say sorry and both Sheena and James have brought this up now. It's like, yeah, you say you're sorry and you say all these things, but then you're you're sort of don't seem sorry because you're making fun of it by putting, being like Schwartz doesn't have a home anymore and like Raquel is hot for me and all these things in your songs. It sounds like you're playing into it, right? Um, And she says, everything that you're doing is like the stuff of a narcissist. And he's like, you don't even know the definition of that. And she's like, Literally, a narcissist would would say that, and then he's like, um he's like, well, that's what Lala is, but she's never admitted that she was one, and she she's like, that's offensive. Like, this is literally, he literally is constantly proving himself right that he or wrong, I guess, because he is a narcissist. the The fact that you're just bringing Lala into this right now, when she has absolutely nothing to do with this situation, is wild, right? Like you're talking to Sheena, she's talking to you about apologizing, she's talking to you about humbling yourself, she's talking to you about you, and you're like, Lola's a narcissist. We're not fucking talking about Lola right now. Like, just what the fuck, dude, to keep it to you and Sheena? And then Tom, like, tries to, like, really bring her down and be like, um, you know, I had to really talk Raquel down after that Nima interview. Like, I just really want you to know that. I just want you to know. And Sheena's like, yeah, but Tom, she said it. And I do honestly believe that Rachel did tell Nima that. Nima is not in this world. Um, He used to be on Shaza Sunset. He's not anymore. He now has a successful career. I think he... he, I mean, he did Ariana's battery commercial. Um, So there was... There's really no reason for him to make that up. There's lots of reasons for Rachel to make it up. But, I mean, I just... I do think that that happened. Um, And he's like, yeah, but if you hadn't have brought it up, then this wouldn't have happened. And she's like if you hadn't have fucked Raquel, this wouldn't have happened. And it's just, it just shows, like, his lack of insight, right? And at the end, Tom tells the camera that he really, really misses his friendship with Sheena. I mean, obviously, what he said, I, I didn't believe him when, you know, when that, when, when Scandal came out and he started yelling at her that they were never real friends. Obviously, he was just saying that because he was upset and he was trying to protect himself. I really don't believe he meant that. But it is sad to hear that he does miss his friendship with Sheena. Um... I don't know if he really means it or if he knows that she's the easiest to crack because she obviously is the easiest to crack. That would be well known to everyone. And I think that that is what we're going to see throughout the rest of the season. He's going to keep trying to come back to her because she's the easiest link. um, And she's going to have to keep trying to fight it while maintaining her loyalty to Ariana, right? And so one other thing I just want to say about this, which I mentioned at the beginning, but I just want to address again and in like greater detail, is, is this whole concept about how Tom just cannot say sorry. So many people in this episode have said, just humble yourself. Just say you're sorry. Just take accountability. And even if he doesn't mean it, which I do not understand why he doesn't mean it, but can't... Just to get back in, right? If you want these people back in your life, you can't... Yeah, sometimes you just have to put your ego aside, and just say you're sorry. I've done it before. If I've wanted a fight to end with a friend, even if I'm not actually sorry, but I don't want I don't want that person to be hurt, I don't want this friendship to end, and I want our friendship to continue, I will just say I'm sorry, because that is what that person needs. It's not even about just saying it to make it go away. It, you can say sorry for hurting someone else, right? I mean, if you've hurt someone else, there's no other answer besides I'm sorry, because their feelings are valid. Even if you don't feel that you've hurt them, if someone feels hurt, you have to validate that. So why can't you just say, sorry, but he can't He can't stop grappling over the fact that everyone has done the same thing. And that, that still just doesn't mean it's okay. You're the, like, like I said in a previous episode, you're the only one who was forgiving all these people for doing all this crazy shit in the first place. You should have never forgiven Jack. You should have never forgiven James. That's insane. So when these people don't want to forgive you for doing that, that's completely normal and justified. But also, maybe they would if you would just say you're fucking sorry, but he won't. Then we have the VPR after show, which. Like, literally, we have to watch the show, we have to watch the after show, we have to listen to Rachel Goes Rogue, in addition to, like, a few other podcasts, even, like, Nick File and sometimes Sandoval's podcast, sometimes Disrespectfully, sometimes Give Them Lala, sometimes Shenanigans, to really complement everything, because if you just watch the show, you're actually missing out on so much additional information, because a lot of the things that are brought up in the episode are sort of clarified on all of these other platforms, right? So... In the after show, Sheena's basically saying that she does not hear hear from Ariana as much, um, doesn't really respond to texts. Lala's saying that um, Ariana was always a person who never really asked her about her. And I mean, <laughs> if these are your friends, who needs enemies? I mean, they were they were sort of coming down on her here. Um, Tom was making fun of the girls doing Emo Night, and he was saying, oh, they're just screaming over someone else's music. Tom, don't aren't you in a cover band? Isn't that literally what a cover band is? Um... Then he goes into the whole Nima thing, and he just thought it was so disgusting, and he's explaining all of that. I mean, I wonder if Nima's gonna go on any podcast or say anything to sort of um, defend himself there. I mean, he does justify, like, just the part where Nima wanted to explain what he did here, but he feels, or Sandoval feels like, the additional stuff about the sexual stuff was unwarranted. Um, Sandoval also sort of explains this whole not drinking thing for Raquel which he's explained a few times and I'll explain it again because I still don't get it so I'll try to explain it again <laughs> he says he's not drinking while she's away because it wouldn't be fair that he's out drinking and partying and maybe this is something they could do together so that when she comes out of the facility they could have their first drink together I, it, this makes no sense she never asked you to stop drinking drinking had nothing to do with anything it had nothing to do with the affair um and maybe she doesn't want to have a drink with you when she leaves it's just i don't know this whole thing is bizarre um and then he's talking about like you know rachel because she's she's been saying a lot of stuff on her podcast and he hasn't really responded to too much of it so he was sort of asked in sort of a general sense and he was saying that like um, he just thinks that, like, her parents have blamed her for what has happened, and her publicist would always say, like, optics, 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 so he's thinking that she's thinking more about the optics of situations, and how that has sort of become a priority for her over everything else. But in listening to her podcast, I mean, it's just so clear that he's done such fucked up things to her. I mean, in, in my opinion, it has nothing to do with her parents or her publicist when he writes her a letter telling her that she's being selfish, you know? Um, those are just my opinions, though. But- Yeah. VPR is taking, it is taking sort of a dark turn this season. And and I, you know, I guess I didn't really address um, what Tom has said about his, his um, dark thoughts. And I guess all I'll say about it is I, you know, no matter who you are, I would take that very seriously. I don't blame him, quite honestly, for the situation that he was in um, to have those thoughts. I mean, to have some, to lose so many friends, to have people like literally hate you and call you vile and disgusting and throw things at you. I mean, I, I can't even imagine, but then I am confused though. And I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but Nick Violet mentioned this on his podcast some time ago. It was about that conversation that he had with Sandoval in the truck or in the van or whatever you call it on special forces that never ended up airing where they had like a really like hour long conversation with Nick really like came at him and drilled him and like, um, and in that conversation, Nick says that, that Sandoval said he can't promise he'll never cheat again because he doesn't like to speak in absolutes. So it almost doesn't feel like he's really learned anything from this. And you would think that if something so gargantuan and so horrible happens to you, even if it was over-exaggerated, which it totally was, and it was way blown out of proportion than it should, that it would still, like, rock you back into place. Like, it's almost like if something this big is going to happen, learn from it, right? Take from it. And he's not at least just, you know, I, I... Basically what I'm saying is, I don't want him to cheat again and then end up in a place again with his mental health where he's having dark thoughts because we're back in the same place. That's what I'm saying. I'm also hope like I So what I'm saying is I'm hoping he at some point, learns from this situation so it doesn't happen again, so he doesn't lose his friends, and he doesn't end up back in a dark place. That's what I'm saying. Anyways, I think that is it for the episode. Um, what I'm gonna do for the weekend is give you guys a bonus episode where I cover The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of Miami, which, honestly, I haven't even gotten the chance to watch yet, just because I've been sick. Um... So that is it for the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening today. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow my YouTube channel at I Take Bravo Very Seriously. You can also follow me on Instagram. I changed my Instagram handle. I have a new one now. It is The Bravo Investigator, so you can follow me there. You can also follow me on Instagram for the podcast page, which is I Take Bravo Very Seriously. And you can also follow me on TikTok at um, The Bravo investigator and please reach out you know dm me send me messages i want to know what you guys like what you don't like i'd love to make sure that it accommodates you guys the best that it can so until next time keep taking bravo very seriously